Hello and welcome to the MMA show with Sean Zaghi. This is episode one. Today is Friday, June 1st, 2018. And we are recording live at a Starbucks in Los Angeles, California. Just a little bit about myself. I'm a fight fan, guys, and that's pretty much it. As a child, I would go to the VHS store, Blockbuster, Hollywood Video, and I would be looking for WWF videos in the back. And I came across something called the UFC. I took it home. I popped it into the VHS player, and the rest is history. I literally fell in love with the sport. And I'm really happy to have this podcast to share with you a lot of my opinions and also a lot of hot news that's coming out of the UFC and the Bellator world. So definitely the biggest news this week was Michael Bisbing announces his retirement. And, you know, if, if you guys know Michael Bisbing, a lot of people say they will fight anybody, anywhere, at any time. But only a few people actually mean it. He was one of the ones that when he says I'll fight anybody at any time, anywhere, he actually meant it. Uh, he holds the record for the most wins in UFC history. And his career started when he won the Ultimate Fighter Season 3 back in April 2006. He had a lot of ups and downs in his career. Uh, one of the more no- notable ones was when he suffered a detached retina in the hands of Vitor Belfort. This was in September 2013. And that is the reason when you see a picture of him or you see him on TV, one of his eyes seems to be a little fucked up. He has artificial oils in there, so he's able to, uh, to see partially out of that ear, out of that eye. Um, definitely the highlight of his career were two different occasions. Number one was UFC 199 when he stepped in last minute to fight Luke Rockhold for the middleweight championship. You know, I was there in attendance for that fight, and the conversation wasn't who was going to win. The conversation uh, across the MMA world and inside that stadium was how fast Bisbing was going to get knocked out by Luke or choked out. How fast. People were saying 10 seconds. People were saying one round. People were saying two rounds. And I was at the same mind frame that he was going to lose as well. Well, he went ahead and he shocked the world by knocking out Luke Rockhold. To be fair, Luke was uh, mimicking Anderson Silva during the Weidman fight. He had his hands down, chin up. He was daring him to hit him. You know, he wasn't respecting uh, Michael Bisbing's uh, stand-up game. And he got knocked out. The whole arena erupted. It was such a great moment to see him win the belt. His family and his kids uh, rushed the cage. There was a huge celebration um, for him. He went ahead and he ran with the belt for quite a while until uh, the GSP fight when George St. Pierre came back in November of 2017. Uh, he went ahead and he fought Michael Bisping for the belt. This was considered a super fight. As you guys all know, GSP went, ha- went ahead and got a hold of his back, choked him out, and he became the champion. And he went ahead and he requ- requenished the belt a few weeks afterwards which was uh, not a move that I'm really fond of. You know, I don't like it when somebody comes in, takes the belt, and gives it up, or somebody comes in, takes the belt, and doesn't want to defend it. You know, I, I don't think that's really good for the sport as a whole. One of the most notable problems that Bisming had is he suffered a detached retina in the hands of Vitor Belfort. This was back in 2003, and he, had, he was having partial eyesight with one eye, and he was literally fighting 
with only one good eye during this whole time. Um, so after the GSP fight, when he lost, literally nine days later, uh, Kelvin Gastelum needed a short notice replacement in China. And he, being the warrior that he is, he threw his name in the hat and went ahead and flew to China to fight Kevin Gastelum. He went ahead and uh, got knocked out by Kelvin. And uh, everyone's assumption was that he was going to retire one day in London and he was going to have one more fight. Uh, he even mentioned that he was going to fight again. Uh, we all know that Loyola Machida uh, called him out as well. But this week he went ahead and he announced that after the Kelvin Gastelum fight, uh, he was having trouble seeing out of his good eye. And uh, he was seeing uh, lights flashing and he had some blurry vision. So he went ahead and he announced his retirement last week. And this came as a big shock to everybody in the MMA world. It's definitely a sign of the time when Michael Bisping announces his retirement. But, you know, don't worry, guys. He's not going to be uh, without a paycheck. He's a commentator for the UFC. He also has a podcast. And he has a really bright future in acting. Uh, so don't worry about him. He's going to be busy, and you guys will be seeing him. Just not inside the ring fighting. This past weekend, uh, excuse the noise around me. Like I said, I'm recording... Uh, at a Starbucks near my house. So last week, we had UFC Liverpool. It was uh, Darren Till versus Steven Thompson was the main event. Darren Till uh, actually missed weight for this fight, and we let her find out that he had some personal issue of maybe his wife or girlfriend was in the hospital. But nevertheless, uh, he did go ahead and he missed weight against his fight versus Steven Thompson. The fight wasn't wasn't that action-packed and wasn't that really interesting and Darren Till went ahead and he won by decision a lot of people say that Steven Thompson actually won the fight but you know this is one of the problems when you let the fights go into the judges decision you know you should end the fight especially when you're in the other opponents uh, hometown they were fighting in Liverpool Darren Till's uh, hometown and the judges uh, tend to lean towards the hometown fighter so the winner of this fight was supposed to be the number one contender to fight the winner of Dos Años, RDA, and Colby Covington, which is going to be at UFC 226. After the fight, Darren Till came out and made an unprecedented announcement. He said that he doesn't deserve the next title shot. Stephen Thompson deserves it because he did. He couldn't make weight. That's a that's a very admirable uh, statement by him. The problem is that nobody wants to see Stephen Thompson versus Woodley. We've already seen that fight two times and. It was literally a snoozer. You could have gone to the bathroom and take a shit and come back and you w didn't miss anything they pretty much danced around each other for for a few rounds until the bell rung and then woodley won by decision so what is next for woodley what is next for darren till what is next for stephen thompson well this is what we know what we know is that in ufc 225 in chicago which is a week from this saturday we are going to have colby covington 
versus RDA. And the winner of that fight is going to be the number one contender to fight Woodley. And Woodley went ahead and he announced on some sort of social platform media last week that he's going to make his return at UFC 227 in Los Angeles on August 4th. So only time will tell who he is going to fight. You know, nowadays, you never know in the UFC. People don't really fall, uh, go based on the rankings like they used to. And, uh, you know, there could be a last-minute surprise or a last-minute pullout. Let's see. Let's see who's going to fight him. We're not sure yet. <clears throat> Over the weekend, we also had Bellator 200. Just a quick opinion about Bellator before we move on and talk about the card. Bellator is doing everything right. You know, they have a good production. They have the backing of Paramount Networks that was uh, formerly known as Spike. They have a very, very smart promoter in Scott Croker. They have a pretty good roster, too. They're getting a lot of people from the UFC that a lot of people say the UFC doesn't want. But, you know, the fact is, is that, you know, the UFC is only one organization. And there are a lot of fighters. A lot of these divisions are saturated so much that... A lot of these fighters can't get their fair shot. Musasi being one of them, uh, Phil Davis being another. These are all people that had successes moving to Bellator. Speaking of Musasi, he defeats he defeated Rafael Calavo in London to become to become the champion. And if he was in the UFC, he wouldn't have really had that opportunity to fight for the belt uh, because he wasn't really that big of a draw. But at the Bellator, he is a draw. In my opinion, the only thing that's keeping Bellator from being a serious competitor of the UFC is their tape delay. You know, every time I want to watch a UFC, I mean a Bellator fight, it's always on at 11 o'clock. The main event is not on until 12, 12.30. And I have to make sure that I stay off social media and I have to stay off Facebook, stay off the you know Yahoo News because most of the times the, the winner gets announced before I could even have a chance to uh, watch the fight. So um, I'm not sure what the problem is. They do have the Bellator app now where you could watch live. But, you know, until they could be on TV live or at a reasonable time, I don't really see them being a serious contender. And what the real issue is, I don't know. They're partners with Paramount Network, so they do have a major network behind them. Um, only time will tell what happens. Also in Bellator, we have the Heavyweight Grand Prix. To, to crown a new heavyweight champion. Actually, the heavyweight championship is vacant right now. And that's the whole point of having this Grand Prix. This is the semifinals. On the left-hand side of the bracket, you have Chael Sonnen versus Fedor Mulenku. On the right-hand side of the bracket, you have Ryan Bader versus uh, Matt Mitrione. Let's break down these two fights. All right. Sonnen versus Fedor. I'm a huge fan of Chael Sonnen as a personality, as a podcaster. But to tell you the truth, he's just not a great fighter. And that's the truth. Most of his uh, notable fights were ones that he lost to. So uh, I don't really see him standing a chance against Fedor. Uh, Fedor is way more powerful. Uh, I, he can't stand up against him. The only chance he has if he takes Fedor down and grounds and pounds him. I predict Fedor wins this one and wins this one very quick. 
On the right-hand side of the bracket, we have Ryan Bader versus Matt Mitrium. You know, Ryan Bader is not the same Bader we all knew in the UFC. His game has really evolved. He did went ahead and uh, beat Phil Davis when he came in the U came in the Bellator for the light heavyweight championship. And him versus Matt Mitrione is definitely an interesting one. You know, it's a really hard one to guess, but if I had to pick, take a pick, I would say Matt Mitrione is going to win, which would lead Matt Mitrione fighting Fedor. And we all saw that fight before. These two gentlemen have fought, and it was a very uh, strange fight, to say the least. They both went ahead and they pu punched each other at the same time, knocking each other out at the same time. And the reason Matt Mitrion won is simply because he's the first one that came to. So this would definitely be a good rematch and one to watch. But let's see how everything plays out. So I'm really excited for these Bellator fights coming up. I just hope that we could go ahead and see them on TV at a reasonable time and not have so many spoilers on the internet, period. One more thing about Bellator before we move on. It's, it's really awkward seeing big John McCarthy on Bellator as a ring announcer. You know, he's definitely more than qualified for the position. He has, uh, he has refereed the biggest matches in MMA history. Um, he knows all the fighters. He knows their histories. He can name all the moves. You know, he's definitely very, very experienced. But, you know, he's, he definitely belongs in the ring uh, refereeing you know he's definitely the most decorated referee ever he actually trains other up-and-coming referees um, on the f on the game and he definitely should be back in there at least I would like to see him back in there he kind of looks and feels awkward behind the mic but again it might be a monetary issue I know that he had some issues with Dana White back in the UFC and Scott Croker, I'm sure, is paying him handsomely to sit there behind the table. Maybe he's looking at it as a retirement slash, you know, change of change of workplace. And if that's what it is, then uh, you know, good luck to him. We talked a little bit about UFC 225 in Chicago. Let's go back into that. There's a there's a few interesting uh, topics I wanted to touch on. The headliner is Whitaker versus. Yoel Romero 2. We all saw the first fight. Whitaker won. Uh, you know, Whitaker has been out for a while. He was suffering from a staph infection. So he's been out of the octagon for a long time. S during that period, Yoel has been active. He beat Chris Weidman. He had some other successful fights. And he really deserves this title shot. He was the number one contender to fight Michael Bisbing. And this was before GSP uh, came back. When George came back, of course, he got the title shot and uh, Romero got kind of swept under the rug. I think he took it uh, very professionally. He didn't complain. He didn't cry. He went ahead and he just kept on fighting. And I would like to see him uh, with the strap around his waist before his career ends. You know, he's one of the best wrestlers ever in the UFC. He's a ex-Olympian and on paper, He's pound for pound one of the best. He just needs to uh, win that belt to prove all the naysayers wrong. There's a lot of controversy uh, facing this card as well. Alistair Overeem versus Curtis Blade, which is a really, really 
good fight got bumped down uh, and CM Punk's fight is a co-main event. You know, a lot of people are mad on the internet. A lot of people are saying, how can you bump Alistair Overeem for CM Punk, even though CM Punk only had one fight and uh, he obviously lost in that fight and he doesn't have much of a mixed martial art background. You know, the people that are making these claims or saying these things, they don't understand the business. You know, the UFC just got bought out for a few billion dollars uh, and it's a different uh, landscape in the business than it was a few years ago. Rankings and uh, fighting history don't mean as much nowadays. It all matters. All that matters is that how many eyes are going to tune in to see you, how many tickets are going to be sold because people want to see you. And the truth of the matter is, a lot of uh, WWE fans are going to be tuning in to see CM Punk return. And for that reason, it deserves the co-main event slot. But as a fight fan, am I looking forward to the CM Punk fight more than Alistair? No, definitely not. But it is an interesting fight, and I do want to see how his game has progressed since his first fight, where he literally got dominated by Gaul. All right, moving on. Another fight on the card that is... Uh, that people are really looking forward to see is Colby Covington versus RDA. I know we touched on this a little earlier. The winner of this fight is probably going to fight Darren Till or they're going to go in and fight Tyron Woodley. Uh, we're not sure on how that's going to play out. But uh, a few things about uh, Colby Covington. You know, we're at a t shit-talking era in the UFC. That means, you know, the Diaz brothers, Conor McGregor, which does it the best, Chael Sonnen a little bit. All these fighters have brought so much attention to themselves just by talking shit. You know, the Diaz brothers were always shit talkers. Conor McGregor, in my opinion, has done it the best. Chael Sonnen is also a shit talker, but his, uh, his style is a little bit more WWE-ish, if you know what I mean. Now we have Colby Covington, which is a, he's a fair fighter. He's trying to ride the coattail of Conor McGregor and talk shit and talk shit but the, the truth of the matter is he's not offending people as much as he's annoying people he is just such an annoying guy he went to brazil and he called the crowd a filthy filthy animals and he had to be actually escorted out of the country with security there was also another fight that he was supposed to return to brazil which got canceled because of security reasons you know he's doing something right he's getting the people pissed off but not in the right way and i'm really hoping that rda beats this guy into retirement he is so fucking annoying that you know what next time if he's headlining a pay-per-view i'm gonna go ahead and boycott that pay-per-view i really don't want to support him in any way because uh, i don't really respect the way he's going about getting all this attention And on the other side, RDA, he has a lot to prove. As we all know, he was supposed to fight Connor uh, a few years ago. He had to pull out of that fight. And ever since then, he's been fighting and trying to get back to that uh, championship, uh, championship slot. And hopefully this fight with Colby Covington, he could go ahead and shut this guy up and win one for Brazil and go ahead and uh, fight Woodley. I would actually like to see that fight. RDA versus Woodley. Uh, that's more uh, appealing to me than Covington, uh, Wonder Boy, or Darren Till versus Woodley. As a matter of fact, we already saw 
uh, Woodley versus Wonderboy two times, and it was crap. Nobody wants to see that fight again. And I'm not trying to, you know, knock Woodley. He's definitely the champion, and he definitely is a great fighter. But, you know, he's... In the last three fights, he's been pretty much dancing with the, dancing with the opponent until the bell rings. He, he's not really on the offense that much. You know, during his fight with Damian Maya, and which I was in, in attendance for, it was one of the most boring fights ever. The crowd, they were all doing the wave. And after he won by uh, decision, he was literally booed out of the stadium. And after that, there was a big controversy between him and Dana White, if you remember. Dana White went online, or after the fight, he told the reporters that if you're fighting for a living and you get booed out of the arena, that's not good. That means people don't want to wa- pay to watch you fight. And I totally agree with him. Uh, Tyrone is a, is a great fighter, but I really hope that RDA comes, smashes him, and takes the belt away because he's pretty much holding up the division, in my opinion. Another fight on the UFC 225 Chicago is Andre Vlaski versus, I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher his name, Ty Tiovasa. He is better known as the Shuey guy. Shuey. Uh, during his fights, once he wins, he cracks open a cold beer, pours it in a dirty shoe, and drinks it. Which I'm told is some sort of tradition, but it sounds pretty disgusting to me. Beer by itself is pretty... Uh, disgusting as it is and pouring into a dirty sweaty shoe uh, doesn't make it any more appealing to me uh, a little bit about this fight you know Ty is definitely a problem in the division his past few fights he dominated it and uh, I think he's an up-and-coming star Andre Avlaski I think he's on his way out he was a decorated fighter back in the early 2000s uh, he had a huge run you know, he came out with a great gimmick. He had the fangs in his mouth, the the mouthpiece that was a uh, uh, fang style. He nicked, he nicknamed himself the Pitbull. He had a good gimmick going on for a while. Uh, he went ahead and he uh, took some time off. He came back. He joined the he joined the prominent gym. His few fights went well, but you know, I don't think he's gonna get there to the championship level anymore. But still definitely a fight to tune in and to watch. My prediction is at the end of this fight, we're going to see another Shuey. <laughs> Every week uh, at the end of the show, I like to answer some questions that I've gotten from fellow MMA fans. So here's the first question out of my email. What fight would you like to see this year? For me, there's definitely one fight that I need to see this year, and hopefully it happens, and that's Amanda Nunez versus Cyborg. You know, both uh, Cyborg and Amanda are considered, uh, you know, the top female fighters right now in the world. Uh, Cyborg is undefeated, uh, although Amanda is not undefeated. She's been going on a long streak of winning, and she's pretty dominant in, in the women's division. I don't think there's anybody else that could challenge either fighter other than themselves. Meaning that Cyborg's toughest opponent will be Amanda and Amanda's toughest opponent opponent will be Cyborg. And I would love to see that fight. And I think if that fight ever happens, Amanda is going to win by decision. But that's just my opinion. All right. We have time for one more question. 
let's open up the emails. What would be considered your dream fight? Huh. You know, my dream fight would definitely have to be Stipe Miocic versus Brock Lesnar. And I'll tell you why. In my opinion, Stipe is the best heavyweight of all time. A lot of people said Cain Velasquez is, but, you know, not to knock down Cain, but I think at a certain time, Cain Velasquez was the best heavyweight of all time. But, you know, he has a really big problem with injuries. Uh, He's not able to, you know, stay healthy. And that's a big factor when you're thinking about the best of all time. Uh, Brock Lesnar is definitely the, you know, the most famous heavyweight of all time. More people have tuned in to watch him fight. But pound for pound, Stipe. Stipe is definitely the best of all time. And if he goes ahead and he puts Brock Lesnar away, that will solidify him as the GOAT. All right. And with that, that concludes episode one of the MMA show with Sean Zaghi. I apologize for the background noise. Uh, Maybe next time we won't record out of Starbucks. There was a lot of annoying kids. There was a lot of uh, couples arguing. Uh, I tried moving a few times, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's a Starbucks and people come here and hang out for a long time. But thank you so much for tuning in and we'll back next week.